and welcome back to another episode of the Giro Podcast. I hope wherever you are, you guys are all well and having a good time. Um, all right, guys. Hello. Hi. How's right. it going? Good, mate. Oh, living the dream. Living the dream. Jamie's living the dream. Um, so back again with another episode. Um, no special guest this week. Well, no no external guests, I should say. The guests are always special. Um, but I'm with the one and only face for radio, Jamie Olsen. And I've got... Uh, that the, was a wave. And we've got Danny. What? Or Hunzi. 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 And then we're joined by Jiro uh, Podcast newbie, Phil. Hello. All right, Phil. Um, so Phil is our mechanic here in the shop. He's, he's joined alongside uh, uh, Danny in the workshop. And um, yeah, smashing it. It's great having you on board. It's great to be on board. I've great been to- here since August. Been very, very welcomed and... Um, Enjoying being part of the team. Oh, mate, it's great having you a part of the team. I'm sure uh, many of your listeners have already um, had Phil service them over the last <laughs> few <laughs> few months. And, um, yeah, no, but on, honestly, Phil, it's, you've been an absolutely excellent part of our uh, workshop, so we love having you in. And that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about. We've, we've had a number of requests to have a podcast that's, fo- that fo- that's focusing on all things bike mechanics and stuff we've had loads of you send in lots of questions over the last few weeks much to mine and jordan's despair oh i mean (laughs) as much as i love talking about chain lubricants uh, it's clearly not as many as much as as danny phil or some of the other uh uh, people who have got very excited about various lubricants so it's going to be jamie and i have been um preparing ourselves with some liquid courage so cheers cheers one and all cheers boys Cheers. Cheers. cheers cheers Um, it's been a really, before we get into this, it's been a really cracking few, uh, few weeks here at HQ. Mm. Um, what's been going on, Joe? Well, you guys went to South Africa, mm. which, uh, you know, I'm sure any of you out there following us along on socials, website, etc., have seen the, uh, pictures, blog, mm. all those different bits. Um, that looked amazing. Obviously looked trip, after yeah. by the, uh, Curve Cycling crew. Yeah. Um, we've we've what else have we done? We got we had our October ride oh. uh, where like thirty forty people came out in the pissing rain. Oh, I shouldn't have said that for our social <laughs> no, for Tim, our Sunday social ride. Tim's not listening. It's fine. And um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was oh, it was great to see everyone back. Um, and then earlier in October we had Gravel Fest, Gravel Fest, which was well, crazy. Um, what, a, what a crazy period! Like four weeks is we had Gravel yeah. Fest at the beginning of the month. In 20 degree sunny weather, mm. massive thanks to everybody who who put in a team for Gravel Fest. It was definitely, as far as the nine years that we've been open, it was absolutely the best event I think we've ever put on. Mm. Not so much because of how <laughs> I don't mean like because of how great we were or anything like that, no. but the vibes, the, the energy, yeah. the atmosphere. Everyone really brought brought something to it. And it was great. It was just a really, really fun day. Must mm. shout out to Paul on the decks in the evening, bringing that dirty drum and bass. Um, got a little bit loose. Although we say it was the evening, we kind of we've obviously we we'd been here since like seven yeah. in the morning. We were all so tired, and then wrapped up at like eight, and it felt like one in the morning. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's eight o'clock. We'd go out for dinner or something. Um, but it was really good. Um, and obviously, the, all, as always, the team here, yeah. Jamie, Danny, Danny put together the most unbelievable route. And that was something that everybody came back saying, you know, I've been cycling around these hills for 20 years and I never knew some of these gravel roads existed. It was, it was amazing. Set the bar for next year. Yeah. And then Laura, Laura and Fee uh, holding down the fort mm. here in the, in the shop. And massive thanks to our partners of the event. Workshop Coffee, 
who bought the uh, the obviously gave everyone some free samples of coffee, as well as bought the van for the halfway point on Leith Hill, which was which was really awesome. Um, Vedette for throwing us a bunch of beers. Lucky Scent for throwing us a bunch of beers. Mm-hmm. Velo Forte, uh, Kerr for putting their name on it. And anybody else I'm forgetting? Us. And us. <laughs> And, and, and <laughs> last but no means least, Jiro put the, their name on it too. The, the sponsor of today's podcast, Jiro, or as the gentleman that we had a meeting with this morning, Giroud. 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 Like all, big shout out to all you uh, Arsenal and Chelsea fans mm-hmm. out there. Giroud. AC um, Milan now. Oh, is he? He is. No, he didn't last long at Chelsea. Absolutely killing it. Oh. I'd love to say that I'm, I, I care about football, but I really don't. I care massively. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, South Africa. Bloody hell, what a trip, eh? So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Highlights? Yeah, tell us about it then. Oh, I reckon the highlight was after that massive 140k day in 40 degrees. Been going all day. Came around one corner on a descent and just this sunset like you wouldn't believe. That for yeah. me was... That was the one. It was pretty special. Yeah. So, for, for the, so for those of you who don't know, I mean, obviously, Danny and I were very fortunate to be able to go out to South Africa and, and ride our bikes. Uh, but it was part of the Rhino Run, um, which is just the most bonkers solo unsupported ultra race out there, I, I would say. Well, mm. well yeah. I mean, obviously, I, it definitely is. The distance, the terrain is pretty, pretty full on. Mm. And it's, so it's basically 2,750 kilometres thereabouts. 20,000 metres climbing, something like that, maybe a bit more. Um, and that goes from Plattenberg Bay to Stellenbosch, which is all known as the garden route, and from Stellenbosch all the way up to Windhoek in Namibia. Um, and, you know, just an unbelievable sight. And the guys are kind of still finishing. There's still some people out on the course two and a half weeks later. Mm. Rhino made it home Rhino, overnight. Rhino made it home overnight, yeah. Love the, to see it. After like a few hours, um, he unfortunately blew out his knee. Looked as though he wasn't going to finish, but he uh, problem solved. Soldiered on. He did some problem solving and then he uh, got his head down and just carried on. And uh, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing about ultra, isn't it? Like you put yourself beyond, uh, beyond. Uh, so as part of that, um, Kerr put on their first inaugural expedition, uh, which is essentially a, a bike packing trip, but with some creature comforts. So for making people who maybe have full-time jobs or maybe don't have the confidence to go out and do like a full ultra, it gives them the kind of the experience of, of, of bike packing, but knowing that you've got a bed in the evening, knowing you've got food provided. There's a support car that kind of like met us halfway on the route. Um, I, I think we were obviously very, you know, it was brilliant to be able to sort of join Kerr for this first one. They've got plans to do others. And for those of you who are wanting a bit of adventure to cycle in some of, I mean, honestly, I mean, words can't do it justice, really. Where we were cycling, you know, the route that they, they had chosen, some of the most... I mean, South Africa is just this bonkers place where you've got... I mean, on one day, it felt like we were in four different countries. The, mm. the day where we kind of crossed over Montague. So, like, we started uh, or just in, in, in... Is it Karata, something like that? Karatara. And then essentially went down towards George. So, we, on the, at the beginning of the day, it was almost like we are in this kind of, like, dense, like forest mm. that was almost rainforest I guess it was it was humid it was very green very leafy and then you know we came down to George a little bit more built up and then went up this Montague Pass and then essentially crossed over and we were next thing you know in the desert mm. and it was beautiful crazy just absolutely yeah. beautiful and that evening we met Sheila the Giraffe 
She's a good girl. She was a good girl. Yeah, yeah. And um, but anyway, it, you know, it gave us the the opportunity to cycle in places that we would probably never even thought to cycle. Um, we had Gus, who was our guide. Mm. Uh, Gus is the guy who's who's obviously a good friend. We've done a podcast with him a couple of years ago. Good friend of Giro. He's heading up these expeditions for Curve. And um, he's got a, a few others planned for next year. Argentina in February has just gone live on their mm. website. Yeah, Argentina in February, which looks amazing. It's like a bit longer. It's 10 days. Mm. But again, you're going through parts of Argentina that you would never normally think about taking a bike. But obviously he's done the route before. Yeah. He's wrecked it. So you know it's safe. He knows the accommodation. He knows the places that you're going to be staying. Uh, he's, they haven't announced it yet, but he's talking about Romania, uh, which he was wrecking mm. this year in probably August or September. And then they're going to do some. They're going to do another Rhino another run Africa, in yeah. October. Whether or not it's the same route or not, I don't know. Um, but I really, you know, obviously we work with Curve. I'm not purposefully promoting because we work with them, but just from an experience standpoint, I cannot mm. value this highly enough. Mm. Uh, I mean, what did you think, Danny? Oh, it was incredible. One of the like best riding trips we've ever been yeah. on. Was, uh, like even the accommodation was great. Mm. Uh, you know, organisation, everything. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really good. Yeah. And a lot of built on. I was I was built on out by the end of it. But you, you yeah, I wasn't. You I'm soldering on. I've still got some at home. There was a. Uh, <laughs> you still got some. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was a built on stand at the Isha's Farmers Market, which also now? happened whilst you were in South Africa. I, I would have come back for that. Yeah, so I was channeling. I was channeling my South Africa while you were. Yeah. While you were out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I, you know, when I'm in South Africa, I'm known as Junti. Uh, Danny is now known as Hansi. So we need to get Jamie and Phil out there to adopt your uh, names. Yeah. Alter Gu- ego. Gus, uh, Gus is no longer Gus. He's now Fricky. Fricky van der Snor. He's been coming out with some great quotes that have gone up on the Giro board. He's, yeah. a, he's a wise man. Yeah, he's a wise man. Yeah, he's like, a, like an old wise author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Days gone by. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, he's got the moustache for it. Um, but, I mean, another part of the trip, sorry I keep harping on about it, but you know, there was 10 of us doing this ride. Obviously, I knew Danny. I didn't know the others. I knew, I met one of the guys very you briefly Steve earlier. Well. Of course. And, and Steve, so four of us came from from, from Giro, Steve and, and Mike. Um, but it was a really great way to meet some new people. And, you know, to do a ride like that with other people, um, you know, where everyone's got their highs and lows. You know, because, I mean, the days, I mean, the, the, the day that Danny referenced, I mean, Jesus wept. It was it was a brute of a day. It got up to forty five degrees, and when you're doing one hundred and forty kilometres with two thousand two hundred metres climbing, it was an absolute savage. And we had to do Royberg Pass at the very end of the day, which is it's like a like a six k gravel climb, but it was so steep, and the road was so rocky. Mm. At at points, it was a rock garden, like barely rideable. Mm. Um, so to do that at the end of the day where you've just been you're just sapped by the heat we had those delays at lunch um and then yeah we uh we we were rewarded with that with that uh sunset descent yeah what a moment so good what a moment and then um yeah had ostrich for dinner so that was fun oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was great ostrich sausages yeah oh wow um but yeah i mean the if you ever get the, any of you listening ever get the chance to go and ride a bike uh, in South Africa, do it. Whatever bike it is, whatever the train, just do it because it's a beautiful country. It's great people, and it's just an absolutely staggeringly beautiful place. Uh, yeah, we saw loads of wildlife: mm. zebra, giraffe, vultures. Yeah, 
saw circling a, Danny. Saw a cape vulture, which is apparently nearly, nearly, uh, nearly endangered, which is cool. Mm. Wildebeest. Did you see the videos from Rhino? A couple, couple oh of yeah, days it's crazy. Ago. Yeah, that giraffe running giraffe across. Giraffe just literally and running. Wildebeest in. charging while Rhino keeps riding towards them. Running in front of it. It's amazing. Mad it's like man. Richmond Park. It is like Richmond yeah. Park. It, no, yeah, it did remind me of Richmond Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we got lots coming up too. We do have lots October coming up. October was pretty busy, um, and we're uh, we're carrying on with that. We've yeah. got uh, Kevin's birthday ride. Kevin being Curves gravel bike. He's celebrating another lap around the sun, and we're uh, we're putting on an off-road ride alongside Curve and some of their other global dealers. It's a global Curve ride. Yeah, there'll, Ke- there'll be many of us Kevin's, riding all Kevin's at once. Unite. Yeah, lots of lots of mud. For I us. want to come for them. It'll Kevin. be dusty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't have to own a Kevin to join us. Just make sure you've got big tyres because it will be muddy. It will be muddy. And we are going off-road. That, um, that is another... Before we get into the other bits we're coming up, mm. obviously I, Danny was riding a Kevin. I've got a steel Kevin. I cannot speak about this bike hardly enough. It is the most capable bike I've ever ridden. There were some of the sections on this ride where you arguably should have been on a mountain bike. Mm. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. This bike is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. We have some available for demo. Mm. We have some available for sale. Come and chat with us. That's not a, a really horrible sales pitch. I'm, I cannot rate this bike highly. Mm. Yeah. Like we truly. can we can take some of the demos out on Kevin's birthday yeah, ride if you give us a, an email. Get in contact with us. We'll yeah. sort it out. You got until the 20th of November. And I mean, if you want a demo, you need to be earlier than that. Yeah. 20th of November. <laughs> and then it's Christmas. Well, we've got on Thursday, December the 1st, we've got a really cool evening uh, with photographer mm-hmm. James Robertson. So for, for anybody who's followed like ultra cycling and in particular the TCR, you would have no doubt seen James's photos. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of arguably the main photographer for the TCR and, and many other ultras. So we're going to do an evening with him uh, talking about his new book um, and where books and prints will be available for sale. And just we'll have a bit of a Q&A with him. That's going to be a really fun night. Really yeah. looking forward to that. And um, then we've got... Christmas party Christmas party Christmas knees up Friday the 16th of December come down drink beer have a boogie yeah uh, Tom Duncan pool dog Tom, Tom DJ. Duncan who's just the best like house soul DJ uh, yeah been to a couple of parties with him DJing he's great and I think Paul's going to do a guest set as well mm. it's going to be really cool it's going to be wild it's going to be fun mm. it's going to be really fun and Important. then festive fancy dress ride Christmas Eve Christmas Eve that's a free-for-all. Just come on down. Yeah, yeah Christmas yeah. Eve, 8 a.m., yeah. wear a Christmas jumper, put yeah. some antlers on your helmet. Are we doing on-road, off-road? Wherever you want. Wherever you want to go. Yeah, love it. Love it. Fine. So Christmas, we'll figure it out. Christmas Eve, if you want to ride on the road wearing silly stuff, you can. If you want to ride off-road wearing silly stuff, you can. I don't want to deal with sign-ups on Christmas Eve. No. We're just going out there. Just going out there, mate. Taking it on. That's it. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Uh, which would be great. Loudest kit loudest gets Christmas a few jumper. free beers off yeah, of us gets a, gets a free beer or some mulled wine or something and the most most festive person on the ride as in less least miserable the most festive <laughs> you ain't winning <laughs> that you, no 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 I'm not getting a free beer that's for sure <laughs> you're definitely not winning that least, one least miserable on the ride gets a uh, Christmas prize Happy Christmas! It's a Christmas prize. Wow. That's, yeah, that's uh, right. We're talking about Christmas. That's, that, that's not ambiguous, is it? We'll figure it out on the day. That's conspicuous. Is that is that the opposite of ambiguous? Conspicuous? Ish. Something like that. It works. 
B-E-A-R. Um, all right, I guess suppose we better get on with the podcast, eh, Phil? Oh, I suppose so. I suppose so. I was enjoying that. All right, so... bit back um, and forth. So the whole purpose of, of, of this podcast, apart from listening to our <laughs> witty banter... <laughs> banter. <laughs> banter. Um, the whole purpose of this podcast is is you, thank you, everybody, who sent in questions. Um, obviously, we're very fortunate to have two very, very good mechanics here at the shop. And, you know, we've done workshop evenings in the past, but not everyone can make those. We, we're going to be doing some more of those in the new year, which is quite exciting. Um, but we wanted to do a podcast to answer some of your questions about anything to do with with bikes or there's also some about just danny's life in general yeah so that's, that's yeah good. there's also we'll, we'll break it up into sections yeah there's also some um some bits around uh center point irrigation which is also that's, uh, that could go long which is also <laughs> very, its own podcast danny said very, he's very keen exciting. to take point on that as okay, well okay fine yeah, that's it good sits in his wheelhouse so We'll talk about... We're going to come to that because that's a very exciting topic. Yeah. Very exciting <coughs> topic. Um, I suppose let's start with you guys because I know that we're coming into winter. You're seeing lots of bikes come in. It's also worth saying we'll put all the links below. Um, obviously, we do have a workshop for all bikes, not just curves. With two mechanics. With two mechanics. So and any bike, uh, if you need anything looked at or fixed or built or, or serviced or ch- cleaned or tuned or whatever get in contact with us um, because we can pretty much do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and had a couple of electric I've bikes to, in recently as well. So they're not e-bikes, yeah. e-bikes. And they've got the tools. Believe me, I paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one right here. And, <laughs> and they always deliver with a smile. No, hey, look, um, obviously, you know, we are sort of joking around, but in all seriousness, these, for, for anybody who you know, thinks, I don't know if I feel comfortable giving my bike to a coffee shop. That's a valid, that's a valid worry. Mm. These, these two, guys aren't the, baristas. Yeah, no, these two, these two <laughs> mechanics are some of the best you're going to find in the UK. They cannot make coffee. And, uh, and you'll, get a, true. you'll get a very, very good service from them. And, you know, they're very, very good. I mean, Phil's very much respected. Uh, everybody's like, oh my God, you've got Phil. Like, yeah, we've got Phil. we got Phil. we got Big Philly. We've got Big Philly. Big we Philly. Philly. we got Big Philly. Um, so obviously, you, but you guys, I think you had something that you wanted to kind of get the get the party started with, and given the time of year. So o- over to you. Yeah, so I guess uh, I got three messages over the weekend with pictures of brake pads. We you oh. can't see it because it's a podcast, but I'm holding a brake pad up that looks really. Although great. I can't see it. This podcast go. is on YouTube. Say hi, YouTube. Say hi, YouTube. And we might put a picture on Instagram, but basically, like obviously, really sloppy out there. That is not going on the Instagram. Just for the record, mud. <laughs> Mud, sand, slop, water can really shred brake pads. So check your brake pads regularly. What I'd recommend if you are riding off-road a lot at the moment is get yourself a set of sintered brake pads, um, which are basically a metallic compound versus the organic compound. Jordan's already asleep. <laughs> so so how, would you, how would you know that they're sintered? Uh, they say says it on, on the packet. packet. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Even I Sometimes know. they say it on the brake, but these, these pads don't. So, yeah, no, they're... Um, Oh, if you were, if you had, uh, you've got some Shimano ones there. Some, yeah, yeah, so cheers. that's if, a dead Shimano organic one. Who's bikes? So, so, so the ones from Shimano. Name and shame. Or the ones James from Shimano are not going to be sintered. Shimano do make sintered pads. Oh, yeah. but you just have yeah, to specify. Yeah, yeah. You just have to specify. And so you just right. can't get them at the moment. The downsides of sintered is they're a bit noisier, and theoretically, you should well, you should really change your rotors at the same time as changing mm. the pad compound. So, does Matt Falconer have sintered brakes? 
No, that's why his brake pads also look like this. <laughs> Shout out to Matt. Um, Banter. Banter. But yeah, I, I reckon that that is probably one of the biggest upgrades that you can make to your bike through winter. So you, instead of spending 20 quid a ride on pads, you're spending you know, 20 quid every four rides instead. What are you saying, Phil? Also simple little top tips. It works for rim brakes as well. Obviously all rim brakes will have a little like start on the pad. Um, if you can't see them anymore, anymore, then it's definitely time to replace them. Yeah. Um, little things like after a wet, muddy ride, just wiping your rims and wiping your rotors off just to stop some. <laughs> stop it, Jordan. No, that wasn't me. That was all Jamie. That was all Jamie. No, you looked at me. <laughs> wiping the mud and dirt off your rims and your rotors, and that will keep them clean and stop it from going into pads. Um, Isn't it mad how? Like when I first bit up my um, my my Argonaut, which was eight years ago now, I, got, I put hydraulic discs on with Di2, and that was with like STI levers. Was before they made like a proper one. Isn't it mad how the first brake pad we're now talking about is disc brakes? It's just the normal. Yeah. Whereas it was so when I put on when I went to discs with those, everyone was like, "What are you doing?" Like some people r- still r- say that. rim brakes are fine. I'm like, yeah. anyway, anyway. Yeah, good um, way of checking whether your disc pads have got any sort of meat left on them basically you should have like a metal backing pad Mm. and then the pad on top so have a spring like this one that sits around them um if it's getting close to the level of where the spring is then your spring will be breaking on the rotor rather than the pad so obviously you'll start to hear hear sort of metallic sound but just by physically looking through the caliper and having a look to see if there's that step there's a good a good start of whether you need to replace them or not. I have a so, great I mean, solution for brake pad wear. W- don't brake. Don't brake. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Don't ride. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Don't ride. <laughs> don't ride. Yeah. <laughs> That's start, my special start, trick. Start running. Yeah. <laughs> Shoes are more expensive there's, than brake pads, though, kids. Yeah. There's Danny's. Yeah. Uh, Danny and Phil's top tip. So check your brake pads, kids. Um, should we get to some questions? Yeah. Uh, Mister, should we start with? mechanical bike advice questions yeah let's let's let's, let's stay advice. away from the irrigation ones has danny's mum put any uh, questions she certainly has oh, she, she's yeah. she's the best she's the best danny's biggest Hi, mum. <laughs> um right so from the top pet hates seen in the workshop oh uh, so what's your pet hate on customer bikes danny um in the workshop especially bikes upside down like used to have oh, it in places yeah. before like how why would they be upside down in a workshop good question oh, oh really no so, job no job's easier done on with the bike upside down obviously yeah. you see yeah. you see the occasional customer put them outside upside down uh, to change a puncture, change a puncture. Yeah, they, they, they don't know it's fine but you see it in a workshop in a professional mm, setting i'm afraid so not in our sometimes workshop. not in here to point out. i was gonna say unless Danny Dan, brings Dan, a bike Danny gets thrown out if that was the case no, I'd, I'd never do that in your workshop yeah. No. I'll do it down no. here on the desk. <laughs> We've got very nice sturdy work stands that do that job perfectly well. Uh, well my, my pet hate would be proprietary standards that brands introduce a, a thing that is only for their bike and then they... Oh, shit. This is how Cannondale's BB30A, and then you have to have the only. Ladies and gentlemen, you this have is, to buy this, an expensive tool. Yeah, this is and how. And then discontinue two months later. Yeah, exactly. This is how this podcast is going to go, unfortunately. Yeah, I think mean, you just got to accept it, boys. Da- 
Jordan, you really yeah, yeah, stop giving me the side eye. Dan, Danny's, <laughs> Danny's going to say things like so. proprietary standards, and I'm going to go, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm going to start Wait laughing. Wait for the comments, mate. <laughs> um, I agree. No, no, sorry. We, 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 uh, we cut you off there. Uh, what oh, was no, that? that proprietary was bit, standards? You get frustrated through. when... Yeah, like brands will introduce something that's very specific to their brand of bike. We can't get it as an independent retailer, or they right. discontinue support for it two years down the line, and right. then... You know, a, a wheel could be obsolete because name, you can't get a free hub anymore. So or that, whatever. Name is, and shame. It, was that because said brand want to do their servicing in house? But how do they do that? Uh, partly that, but also partly like so you they just think tools. they can make something better than everybody else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, name and they shame. Name and shame. Any brands that are particularly bad for that? Cannondale, Mavic, oh, Canyon, yeah, Specialized. Do you want me to keep going? Well, that's CMC and desist all over the shop. They know what they do. We'll have to edit that bit out. God. Turns out the list was bigger than I thought. <laughs> I was expecting one. I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that in. But we. Uh, but that was all. That was Danny Roberts Clark. Yeah, I, yeah, I should yeah. probably I'll say his opinions are his own. I'll, I'll, po- I'll post your uh, address on, on yeah. the, in the in the show notes. Right, back, back to some questions. Yes, <laughs> let's get, get some of these brands back on board, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you get one of those brands frames out of box you you don't have to do anything to it before you build it up oh, right wouldn't that be nice <laughs> wouldn't that be nice so the question is from simpson peter when you get a new frame out of the box what do you have to do to it before you build it up so the the dream would be to just slap all the parts on and send it out the door but often um bike shops become the quality control center for bike brands um, so not in all cases. Not in all cases. A lot of brands are very good. Say yeah. Curve are very good, but a lot of brands, uh, you know, they the brake mounts won't be faced, which means that your brake will rub unless we use a six hundred quid tool that Jordan's very kindly bought us to <laughs> fix your brake mounts, uh, or a bottom bracket will need to be faced and chased, or you know, headsets need to be reamed, all that sort of stuff. There's a face and chase. Ideally, reamed. nothing, but often yeah. lots. Often a lot of check-in for damage yeah. and manufactured defects is the first go-to then checking everything that's been supplied fits bikes that arrive built in a box off and have bent derailleur hangers and stuff yeah what about i'm a bit of a stickler for wheels what about wheels if you get a bike out the box that's got factory built wheels do you check them always always nine times out of ten they're not true awful isn't that awful but that's what we're here for so many people yeah of course but so many people wouldn't Mm. know and at least the problems down the line no good Mm. No good. I know one very big brand in particular that your old colleague, Mr. Mr. Bell, was uh, very, very furious with. He very, very expensive wheels. I won't say who, but he did, uh, he did tension test on all of the spokes and the rear wheel was at about 60% of what it should have been on average. The front wheel was at about 50% or something and two of the spokes, two of the spokes had no tension at all. This is, this, this is a, the, these are a set of wheels that cost near £2,000. There's and not many two, brands and, in that wheelhouse. And two of the spokes had no tension. So, listeners, I'm not a mechanic. I'm sure these guys have got more of a passionate plea, but 
buy hand-built wheels. Retire from cycling. Like, save, <laughs> you can even save a lot of money and buy hand-built, well-built. Don't go after the brand because it's going to be shoddy. And we can build your hand-built wheels here. Well, Phil can. Right here. Phil yeah. makes Phil incredible wheels. I've got a set of his curved wheels I didn't even know he'd built. Oh, yeah. Six years old. With those red uh, white industry hubs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, uh, they're like an old curve G4 rim mm. when they did rim brake wheels. Yeah, yeah. Because I still ride the glory rim brakes sometimes. Still round, still Not true, always. and still tight. Sometimes. And still and true, and still yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he so checked them over the last time my bike was in the stand, and they're still good as gold so, six years down the line. So as soon as we announced that we had you on our on our team here, we had a number of people, I can, well, I know two who contacted me directly saying, oh, amazing, and I dropped some wheels off to get to get rebuilt. So obviously you're, you, your industry known as a very good wheel builder. So what makes a good wheel builder? Great question. Um, what makes a good wheel? Well, it depends on what the use. No, wheel builder. Ah, wheel builder. Um, they have to be patience, um, experience, yeah. um, and the right tools. Um, so it's not something you can just sort of pick up and roll with. So it takes time. To it's a skill that needs to be practiced and yeah. nurtured, if you like. Um, I've been building wheels properly for about oh god. 12, 12 years yeah, or really. so um, got to say the first three years of wheel builds weren't great I'm the first <laughs> to admit it um, but you pick things up along the way like a good nine a, years of glory yeah, a good tension meter um, is you can't really build a good wheel without it because yeah. every tent every spoke needs to be even mm. um, and up to the right tension otherwise you've got different spokes doing different jobs Um some pulling harder than the others where you tend to get broken spokes because um, you think as you're that getting too, ne- too nerdy um, every time sort of you flex the wheel on the non-drive side which has got the least tension they sort of pull like a coke can or can yeah, ring yeah. pull if you like yeah. so if they're not up to tension and they're pulling at the end that's where you tend to get broken spokes because they're unloading and loading too much Mm. It's also very therapeutic to watch him at work. Yeah, I haven't, I took I haven't some had photos that, of that privilege, a yeah. wheel build recently, and it was yeah, it was a, it was a really nice process to watch. Mm. Very therapeutic. Mm. I've got two I or set. three sets in the line for the next couple of weeks. So mm. there oh, you go, Jordan. Might come up. Guess, yeah, I'll yeah. give you a shout. Book an hour in the diary. <laughs> we'll get yourself a, we'll get yourself a nice reclining chair, cup of tea. Make you a, can just park up and watch for a work. Cup of tea, make a cocktail, mate. Yeah, groaning. <laughs> yeah, got a nice groaning. We'll get some jazz on. <laughs> oh, just ask Alexa to put on a new. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were sitting in the office today, and suddenly Alexa came to life and started playing some jazz. Yes, which, which is very interesting. Mm. All right. right, some more questions. Oh yes, please. Right. So, Birdman has uh, submitted a glut of questions. So that's Matt Falconer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Five, six-time TCR racer, finished second in 2018. Mm. Matt, Curve, Curve ambassador. Curve ambassador. And regular customer in the workshop. All round nice guy. Very nice guy. Mm. So I'll start with question number one. Best tip for self-care and maintenance of my bike used daily throughout the winter? Mm. Riding outside, not inside. Keep the drivetrain clean. Yeah. Drive clean and your brakes clean. How'd you do that? Suds. I mean, mean, like, we are... Sponge and a hose, basically. We're big fans of using, like, a wax loop here because it basically it dries solid doesn't pick up as much grit makes your chain and everything last a lot longer let's, and it's really easy to clean let's take a step back from that because if i ride to if i ride to let's say london hmm. as a lot of people will and back on a on a wet mucky day 
I'm not just going to stick lube on the chain. What do I need to do before that? Clean the chain, clean everything first. Yeah. Obviously, if you're going to switch to a wax lube, it needs you need to start with a very, very clean drivetrain first. Mm. Um, which we've got a guide on our website for how to do that. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you basically using that wax lube means that you know all the crap doesn't stick to it. Um, and washing a bike, you don't have to use any degreaser. It's easy as just using soapy water and a brush and a bucket. Spray the bike down, wash it, rinse it off, leave the chain, put the bike away. That's I mean, it. Really, you're talking about five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And worst case, if you're riding it every day throughout the week, just give a frame and everything a wipe down and a hose down at the weekend. But mm. simple things like if you've got like an old rag or something, just yeah. hold it in, in your hand and sort of do, do the chain through it. So, so the chain, every day, chain's just most important bit. chain's the most important bit. It mm. runs through everything. So, if it's dirty and gritty, it's going right. to wear everything nice and, and quick. And contrary to popular belief, you don't need to lube everything on your bike, just your chain's just fine. Chain. <laughs> <laughs> don't what go pouring WD 40 or over your cassette. Yeah, question wasn't regarding it, this a bit later. Wasn't it some, wasn't, didn't you have a customer who uh, said, Oh, I just lubed the disc brakes? We've had a couple, yeah. 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 Squealing disc brakes, WD-40 is not the solution. <laughs> no lubricant yeah, no should be anywhere near your disc brakes. They also stop working. There's so. definitely yeah. a good question where we can, we can right. deep dive on that issue. All right. Sure. Right. Keep Let's coming. go. Uh, Keep them coming. So Birdman again. Oh, God. Um, what job do you most enjoy when it comes to servicing a bike? Hmm. Great question. Um... I quite like jobs that you have a transformation at the end. So if you get something that's completely filthy or completely ruined, so taking it apart, cleaning it, and the full strip and rebuild, mm-hmm. full like strip like and a rebuild, Chris King hub service or a hub Chris, Chris King hub service oh, is yeah. by far the most Another rewarding. Another job of photographing. Yeah. Yeah. is very. I do enjoy doing those. I'm not going to lie. You can tell he loves mm. it. Yeah, that's that's a nice one. Yeah. Any other things? How do you do a how do you a do a, how do you like do a, a hub no. service? Oh, actually, speaking of which, I actually wrote this down. <laughs> I wrote this down. We were sat here having lunch, and uh, Phil. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, this Phil, Phil shows uh, Phil shows um, Danny a photo of a hub, and Danny goes, "Oh, look at the flanges on there." <laughs> <laughs> they were good high flying cubs. Oh, <laughs> so I had Stand to write, I had to write it down. I was like, "This is amazing. This is proper That's proper tech chat." Beautiful. Flanges on that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right. I'm gonna so use, I mean, I'm gonna use that in other other areas of life. So that's your that's your favourite jobs. Yeah. So he's he's flipped it straight over. Oh, yeah. Easy second question. <laughs> jobs you hate other than cleaning his bike for him. Oh, that was going to be number one. Yeah. <laughs> it's always filthy. <laughs> uh, facing fork mounts shouldn't need to do it, but yeah. Agreed. Unfortunately, yeah. we need to do it far too often. Well, yeah. What is facing a, a fork? So, uh, basically, with a, with a fork, you have two points of attachment, two little bolts for the brake. Disc brake. For the disc brake, yep. Um, and those mounts should be perfectly parallel with each other mm. and also perfectly right angles to the through axle mm. so that the brake sits in exactly the right space for the, like, you know, half miller clearance or whatever it is between the pad and the rotor for it not to rub. Mm. And on many, 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 many brands, they're not. They're covered um, in paint. So they're covered oh, in paint. paint. Yeah, they're sure, not sure, sure. straight to begin with. The uh, you know the inserts have been put in on the piss. Um, so that's that's one of those jobs on that, that should be done in the factory, and we shouldn't have to ever touch it, but we do. And well, there you I'm go. guessing other many other service centres wouldn't. Yeah, I mean it's a hmm. really expensive tool. It's a tricky job. It it's an expensive tool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that probably a lot of places won't do, but yeah, it is something we so, we we offer. So it's a unanimous 
answer there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. There we go. First <laughs> unanimous answer. I mean, it's satisfying mm. when you've got one that's rubbing and then you try everything else and you're like, oh, all right, fine, I'll, I'll face the fork mounts. And then it works. It's, that's quite nice, mm. to be fair. But it's just something you think, oh, I shouldn't have to do this. Danny da- does secretly love it. Yeah. I do a bit, yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, you know, giving you a hard time about how tech it all is. But it is great seeing customers' bikes come in and apps. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got a limited understanding in tech. But when you can see slop come in, you're like, oh, man, that's slop. But you guys, you'll let the profanities come out initially. And then you get on with it. And the customers leave with a really stunning stunning bike that works properly and you guys aren't going to let a bike that go that doesn't work go out mm. we do also um, make sure we test everything beforehand so yeah. um they, and if there are those issues when you roll away they I did should see, be picked up by our, one did, of us too i did see you testing a very tall bike it was quite funny to watch yeah <laughs> yeah being five foot six i'm a little bit of a struggle <laughs> the hip was like rolling like a foot either you. side yeah, yeah it was great and uh, one final question from Birdman, which I believe will be a one-word answer. Worst state of disc brakes you've come across? Yours. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, any other, anything to add there? I've not seen It's probably Matt's, a good thing so, you've um, not seen this. I mean, Matt is definitely... If, if anybody's brakes are going to be as bad, Matt's probably going to be out there because he rides more, he than, rides it, rides yeah. more than anyone else I know. Yeah, we'll give him that. But, yeah. he should, but he should know better. <laughs> right, moving on. Moving on. Next one. Um, Mark Maloney asks, rim <laughs> or disc brake? Oh, no, that's I mean, a question, I would just say disc because they work better, but it depends on your use case, right? If you're living in the Surrey Hills and riding all winter, disc brake. If you live in California and you ride beautiful sunny roads and you want a super light bike then rim brake I mean he's also asked a question about doing an Ironman which I'll get to but does that influence the decision at all I mean a, a lot of TT bikes will be rim brake still uh-huh. but I guess a lot of them now are, are starting to be disc and you don't really have an option so I mean that's that's one of the other things most manufacturers just make disc brake bikes now so you're talking about the benefits of rim brakes are weight, weight. that's literally it and aerodynamics yeah. no Really? It's about the same. Well, someone's going to correct me, but e- it's about the same. Ease of, ease of maintenance versus a disc brake. Um, like they've both got their own. I still like a rim brake bike. I have a disc brake bike, but yeah. I do like a rim brake bike. Weight, weight, I, I, feel. Can see, I can see your rim brake right now. I mean, I, I, cer- I certainly probably prefer my disc brake bike for like utility riding when I'm like commuting in traffic. Mm. I prefer having that. But then sometimes when you're not so worried about stopping and stuff it's yeah it feels a little bit less mm. sort of built up I was a very early adopter of, rim, of disc brakes not rim brakes I was a very early adopter of rim brakes I, know, <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I had my first wheeled bicycle yeah. <laughs> no very early adopter of uh, disc brakes you know this is like with the uh, STI leave it wasn't even a, 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 like a, a, a full group set just because they work that was it. Mm-hmm. Work and through the summer as well. That was my kind of like feeling around it. You mm-hmm. could feather the brakes. You could work. Um, and also, yes, over here it can be summer and and it rains and you've still got to be able to break it around about. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. Why I I'm think there's still a place for both. I think if you're traveling a lot with your bike, um, the rim brakes hard to beat. Um, mm-hmm. Maintenance wise, building it up the other end, pressures with like cabins and plane and stuff like that. Um, weight. Um, 
Hill climbers. Hill climbers, definitely. Probably don't need Do brakes. they need brakes? Arguably. Don't need you to have, brake that maybe much. Maybe you have to have you a probably break. have to yeah. to be allowed to race. Insurance and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm enjoying riding my disc bike. I have a ride to work every day on a um, rim brake bike. So yeah. there's definitely a place for both still. Mm. I'm into Mark's other question then. I mm. reference the Ironman bit, but he's like, what is the right gear ratio for a flat to rolling Ironman bike course? I mean... I mean, a lot of it. Personally, 56.11. Stick it in the big dog. Yeah. Get the job done. Yeah. Quicker the better, in my opinion. It's hard to push, get fitter. (laughs) (laughs) Danny's Um, opinion. I I think it depends on, it does depend, genuinely would depend on fitness and how fast you expect Mm. to be going. If you expect to be doing 45k an hour, it's a different gear ratio to 30k an hour. So whether you're a high cadence rider or a low cadence rider, whatever works for you basically, but I'd probably say a 53.39 with an 11.25 would be probably the fastest most all round. Steep steep the hills are, but yeah, if you want want your gear ratios at the back to probably be... The hills are rolling. The question's... Yeah. Yeah. Hills are rolling. Rolling. They're probably not steeply rolling. I'd argue they're not rolling if they're steep. Yeah. I'd probably run 11... 28, 53, 39 or something. But yeah, it depends yeah. on your speed and how fit you are. And yeah? Yeah. It depends. There's going to be a lot of that. I how aero your helmet is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you managed to hold it together for a second. No. Um, right. Uh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll get that. So Franco asks... Franco. Franco. Uh, the the, the Franco. Franco. The, he, the, the best dancer of Gravel Fest. If you he, want to see Franco's dancing, come to the Christmas party. He fill him full of beer. He put his arms through his legs <laughs> backwards. It was amazing. Contorted in ways I, I never knew was possible. I didn't even know it was a dance move, but it was on Strictly <laughs> last night. It was amazing. Um, so back, I mean, we seem to be revolving around uh, disc breaks here. Which was apt, seeing as you bought one out for your first act. But um, <laughs> best way to clean your disc and pads after a filthy winter ride? Great question. I just use a hose. You can hose. get most of the grid off with a hose. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. God. Realistically, I mean, it, I think if you if you're using the brush that you've used to clean your drivetrain on your disc brakes, it's a recipe for no. contaminating everything. So I'd, yeah, I mean, usually just hose them, hose the rotors off. Really? Point the hose into the the brake and spin the wheel to get all the, any other grid off. Well, That's probably enough. No yeah. excuses. excuses. A little bit of soapy water on the rotors if it's yeah. um, sparkling water. <laughs> so you just said San Pellegrino soapy. only. Anything less so, will so, ruin so, your so, rotors. What did you just say? Soapy, soapy water. Ah, oh, so sparkling. <laughs> water. If there's any, any oil on the rotors or anything like that, that'll get it off. Yeah. Um, soapy water on disc brakes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, and then water. rinse it off afterwards. Yeah, as long as it's just like a normal like dish soap's good because it yeah. washes off. Blowing my mind. I thought that you can't, shouldn't use dish soap because it's salty. As long as you rinse it off, it's fine. Well, there you go. There it is. Wash the salt off. Um, Franco again. Oh. What points would you put GT85 on post wet ride? The like, bin. Put it straight in the bin. So the can of GT85? The whole can in the bin. Even if it's full? <laughs> in the, even if it's full. Do we ask Take why? Take it back to the shop if it's full. Do we ask why, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, we ask right. why. <laughs> why? Why? I mean, it, another cease and desist. Anything do, that do requires you, do grease you share, do on you share a bike. The sentiment. Uh, I was going to give a sensible answer. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, thanks. Right. Thanks for it. Well, I'll, I'll clarify why. So that anything that requires <laughs> grease on a bike will be hopefully will be sealed. 
and the grease will stay inside because of the seals. Anything that, okay, yeah, fine. Anything that requires lube, i.e. your chain, you won't be using GT85 on because GT85 picks up slop. Sure. So I think apart from, I don't know, maybe Phil's got some, some smart ideas about how you can use it usefully, but I I have, I've never touched my bike with GT85. I have a can of GT85. It probably is. What do you, you use it for, John? I'm going to wait till Phil. <laughs> if you're going to use it, I'll probably use it on anything like pivot points. So if you need derailers with derailleur moves, with derailleurs pivot, things like that, things that but, can get seized. But very precisely using the little red straw. Yes. Yeah. Not the yeah. big spraying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not spraying it everywhere, just spraying it on the pivots, just mm. inside, so yeah. it'll stop them from seizing. And that's, and that's minuscule amount. Yeah, off, then wipe yeah. the excess off. This time of year, you'll Always tend to wipe. get, especially people that don't use their front derailleurs very much. Um, so riding the big ring only will come to use it come summer won't have, used, won't, won't have moved <laughs> and, then, and then, then the derailleur will be I seized so a little bit derailleur. of G85 in those points will All keep that from happening yeah, yeah cool I, uh, I use it on, okay. on pivot points mm. but I also use it to help dry my bike off after cleaning it Oh, yeah. A little bit on a rag and wipe it off. Danny's like crying. Yeah, over I'm there. literally weeping and, yeah. and maybe the hinges on like your chicken coop door that's yeah, and, and bathroom door. I have used it on oh, the bathroom door the before. Bathroom yeah, door. It was yeah, creaky because yeah. it's a damp area. They yeah. prone to prone to rust. Oh yeah, you don't want that. So yeah, a little no, bit no, of is good for that. But yeah, mm. nowhere near brakes. No but you're the bearings yeah. out. You you are aware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, if it's raining, I use it to to dry off the chickens as well. <laughs> just spray it <laughs> in your hair. Just, just spray it all over their feathers. They love it. Well, I haven't got many left now. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Tech questions for now. We will get yeah. to the bits about Danny's life because I know you're all excited for that. <laughs> but we'll save them until last. So you keep listening. Um, Dvan five six seven five asks, "Why is my Di two not working?" Possibly uh, <laughs> uh, um, something's not get, plugged in somewhere. Get a grip, Dvan. Oh, we actually yeah. did some problem solving with Dvan. Oh. Um, and on the web, his battery is likely buggered. But the best option is to bring it to a bike shop with a very fancy, expensive Shimano tool that shouldn't be needed and get them to plug it into their computer. Thanks, Jordan, for buying that one for us. Um, <laughs> get them to plug it into their computer and run, run some diagnostics. I mean, yeah. So Danny's done a virtual conversation. I've done a virtual no, consultation yeah, in this yeah. instance. Don't worry, I've sent him an invoice. No, no, no. It's, I think that's great. No, that's, <laughs> um, that's, that's what we're here for. So, yeah, there you go, Dan. Um, Divan. Jay Rosland, uh, Jimmy, ah, Curve HQ's ah, tech lead. Jimmy. These are troll questions, presumably, <laughs> if they're coming from Jimmy. <laughs> he asks, should I wax my chain? Question mark. Yes. Okay. Right. Easy. Actually, no. Phil? Or it well, depends. Hang on, hang on a I'll minute say there, because Can I say it depends? Well, yeah, because you used to berate me for using a certain brand. Well, okay, yeah. Depends on which wax lube you're going to be using, oh, but it also depends on what you're right. If you're doing an ultra... <laughs> I think no, because it doesn't last long enough. If you're doing an ultra, no, interesting. Because wax really needs like enough time for the chain sitting there not being ridden to dry off properly for the carrier, which is usually water, to dry off. So you, can't, you don't want to put wax lube on your chain and then ride straight away. Jordan's so, so bored. <laughs> well, that's just really confusing. Like if, if, if wax, if, if surely if you're doing an ultra race, 
you want the best. And you've been going on for the last two years about how great mm. wax glue is. So what would you use? GT85? I, I would you, use... You, some... you would use GT85, wouldn't you? I knew it. I knew it. It's the only time. <laughs> uh, I'd use something like Revolube, Silca Synergetic, like a wet lube that you can apply and ride straight away that still stays relatively clean. And Silca Synergetic. Am I right in thinking there's a website that you could there put in the description of this that would really delve into the details Zero of this is what you're interested If you want to read a 45-page dissertation, uh, which I have read, <laughs> you can, you can go not. to zerofrictioncycling.com. <laughs> I haven't read it either. Jordan certainly hasn't read it. <laughs> That's going to be homework. Right, we'll carry on with Jimmy's troll questions because, you know. Um, is there such thing as washing my bike too much? And that's in quotation marks, if that uh, helps. Yes. yes. Yes, there, there is. is. Is that like a cat washing themselves too much because they're stressed? <laughs> 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 it's a serious question. Yeah, I mean, I think especially using like harsh cleaners, you don't want to be like going to town on your bike every day with like something really harsh. Um, but if it's filthy, then I would wash it. If it's clean, yeah, it's, then it's I quite easy to wash, wash out. it if it's dirty is what, the answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what do you think, Jimmy? It's quite easy to wash out all like the grease that should be in mm. bearings. Especially some some brands of, of cleaner I find to be quite harsh, even if they're supposed to be a, a non-degreasing cleaner. <laughs> it's very harsh. Um, That's what I like fifth season to see. If they're listening. But obviously there will, there will definitely be a lot of people listening going, well, how much is too much? How, how much is too little? If it's dirty, wash it. If it's dirty, wash it. Fine. That's an easy policy to follow, I think. Yeah. Mm. Great advice. Yeah. Or if it's been raining, wash it. Yeah. And you've been riding. Yeah, wash yeah. it, relive the chain. And you've been yeah. riding. Not if it's, yeah. I don't have to wash my bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're riding. Hey, you're riding. Um, and, and one last one from Jimmy. How many, how many times can I bend back my derailleur? <laughs> <laughs> Until it snaps. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, I, you can usually feel when it's too cheesy. I'd, I'd recommend letting Danny bend your derailleur hanger back for you. And uh, that's using an actual tool. Thanks, Jordan, for the tool. Oh, don't and, buy one of those too, great. <laughs> and not doing it yourself with your hands out on a ride. Yeah. You will come a cropper. I take a derailleur with me. It's oh, very yeah. small. A holder up. Yeah, just in case. Uh, hanger. <laughs> hanger. All right, smart. <laughs> I, I go for the single speed adapt. If, if that happens, yeah. take um, a load of links out my chain, just ride single speed. Home. I'm not as strong as you. Oh, no, I've that's never like done it. That's like when you're you doing it. You put it in a 34, 30. I've never done it. <laughs> yeah. If my derailleur hanger snapped, I'd get my mum to come and pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right, I'm 27. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd so probably that's... say no more than twice. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Realistically, like, I mean, even sometimes some derailleur hangers, if they're really bent and they've got a little crack in it, you'll go to straighten it and you'll feel yeah. it move really easily. Put a new hanger on. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the tech question. Oh. So we're getting on to the we're good stuff now, getting the juicy to... bits. Let's well, go. I mean, this is sort of a tech question, but not bike related. No. Um, okay. I think it's aimed at Danny, but Phil might have an opinion. Jordan certainly will as well. Um, what is the optimum length of a centre pivot irrigation system? Oh, I, I mean, I think this depends on span length as well. Cheers, Pete. Too <laughs> good for the incredible question. We're about to spend an hour on this. So if, if you need to go and pause this and go and grab a cup of tea, then now's the time because this could be long. Yeah, strap in. Have you ever been on a plane and you've looked out the window, in particularly over the, the States, and you see the circles? the fields that are circles. Hmm. 
Well, that is center, that is the product of center pivot irrigation, where essentially they have a sprinkler system, some with GPS devices and motors on it. It's amazing. And, and, and it basically, looks like a flat pylon, right? Yeah, it basically looks like a... And there's different, like, tiers. So you can have... God tier. One, no, is in the number of, like, you know, sort of tiers of a... Or crane, the spans of a crane. So you can have, like, one, two, three, and on you go. Do they have wheels? Ladies and, oh, they have wheels and they, they move. So they, mm. they, they water or irrigate a field automatically because they spin like around these, at, a, at, a, at a set rate depending on... These robot on, mowers you see... Yeah, but these things are huge. Oh. When we were in uh, when we were in South Africa, man, we got excited. We saw mm. a seven span. I think we saw an eight. Well, we got really excited about the seven, yeah. and a couple of days later, we saw an eight. Ladies and gentlemen, we lost our shit. There's no, there's no other way of, of putting it. Was it was the happiest moment of the trip. It, it definitely was. It, I tried <laughs> oh, to take a photo of it. It would not fit in the in the in, in the in the lens. It was unbelievable. So what's the optimum? I don't know. Whatever gets you the most emotional, I guess. We saw eight, so I'd probably say that was pretty emotional. So yeah. thanks, Pete, for that question. Uh, Pete. If uh, anyone wants to learn more, YouTube's Smarter Every Day, Center yeah. Pivot Irrigation, and that's the best 20 minutes of your life. Yeah, spend. best 20 minutes of your life. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, and, and great answer. Thanks. Well done. <laughs> Phil, I'm guessing we'll, we'll stay out of that one. Yeah. Um, you might be able to help with the next one. Though. Also, what's really great about it is it goes, <laughs> over, it goes over any terrain. So it doesn't have to be a flat field. It can, because it's, it's, it can pivot. It can, you can create a field out of like a mound. And as long as you stick that center pivot in the middle, man, you've got all sorts for you. And look, some of the times you've got, you've got cattle grazing there as well because it's watering grass. So if you imagine the cattle, grass-fed dairy, obviously, they're grazing on the grass. They're never going to run out of grass because this thing's just watering it the whole time. So it's always growing. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Can't be good for the water table. It's, uh, it's, it's causing some issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a, a controversial issue in parts of the world. Wow. Um, but yeah. But it's, all, it's basically fossil water. So it's pulling water out from, from the ground. It's not coming from the local reservoir. Or your local desalination plant. That's good to know. Mm. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe the next question will spark as much interest. Um, seemingly unrelated to anything. Do ants have ears? Uh, no, they don't. They, <laughs> they, they hear through vibration in the ground through their feet. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? That's cool. I may have pre-looked that up. Like, um... How did you know it was a question? I oh, do you know. Like those, like, those, like those stalkers who were going after like wildebeest and they listened to their feet. Yeah. Well, there you have it. There, there you go. Right. And more you know. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of move back towards some sort of relevance now. I reckon a couple of questions. Um, what would your death row... I'm doing the little inverted commas God, there because I don't on. think he means he wants these two to die. Oh. However, he's addressing Phil and Danny. Oh. What would your death row UK ride? Oh. That is the that action is good, of riding your bike. That is a good question. If you were to die the next day and the meal after said ride be? Oh. Oh, Phil that's first. A, that's a great question. Oh, I don't know. Somewhere... I went 
couple of years ago to the Brecon Beacons, did some mm. riding over there and um, was lucky enough to ride over the Black Mountain Pass, which wasn't expecting, didn't mm. really, just sort of plotted a route, turned around this corner to look at this most terrifying looking climb, but also one of the most beautiful. Mm. I must add, it was about 70 mile an hour winds and pissing down with rain at this time as well, so... <laughs> Even in that condition, probably a loop around there taking in that pass is one of the best rides I've ever done. Yeah, it's very, um, very pretty. In the UK. Um, meal, tough one. Mm. Um, Tesco meal deal on a... <laughs> <laughs> and a red machine juice, surely. Um, not sure I can narrow it down to one. Mm. Tough one. Mexican feast, oh, like yes. a mm. love that. Yeah, bit love of pulled it. pork tacos, oh. a bit of fajitas. Mm. Yeah, gosh, yeah. Love that. Something like that, I reckon. Daniel, I'd probably ride a plane to Italy. Sorry, you're with the question. Yeah, well, well, spirit of the no, man, sorry, you can't like ride to uh, you know airport. Uh, Come on, all right. Shit ride. Uh, I've actually also ridden, done some riding in Wales. It was really good. Mm. Maybe Bike Park Wales. Oh. Yeah. And then oh, Death yeah. Row Meal. I'm a, I'm, it's really boring, but I'm a sucker for like a really good fish and chips. Oh. Like a really crispy. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> good fish and chips. Nice. Oh, you can have that. Mm. What about you, Jay? Oh, I hadn't considered answering. Mm. I was simply asking. Um, oh. Probably somewhere Devon, Dartmoor. Mm. I went to uni there, did a bit of riding around there. Very nice. Mm. I was way less fit than I have been, mm. so I found it really hard. So I'd like to go back with a you know, somewhat useful level of fitness and really soak it up. Mm. Um, uh, what would I eat afterwards? I don't know. Um, probably like steak and chips, but made by myself because I make it quite well. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. The Michelin star's coming. Yeah, oh, is it? Yeah. So oh, it's for, for steak and chips. Old, mate, so is it like is it, is it like confit potatoes or something? Oh no, I make make the the like sort of chipped roasties. Oh yeah. But secret recipe. Oh. And they come out damn good. Oh. Yeah. Anyone else hungry? Um, Starving. And I guess your answer to said question. Um, UK riding, I would say Yorkshire Dales. Oh, yeah. Mm. Good shout. Yeah. That was um, very nice. That was unbelievable. Yorkshire Dales, yeah. Um, yeah, Yorkshire Dales. The, we did a shoot up there with a tacker. And we rode the next day. It was up like Rosedale Chimney and, and that way. And it was, I mean, very, very difficult. But you just, it was, excuse me, it was just massive. I love anywhere that's riding where you've just got scale, where you can see for so far. That's just there. Yeah, that, that for me is, is the, my favourite place in the Surrey Hills. Actually, we've got a photo of it there. Top of Staples, looking, mm. look, oh, looking yeah. sort of south towards yeah. Guildford and Woking. It's so nice because you've just got scale. And from there, you can see central London, all the way around, like sort of like past Guildford, like Farnham sort of way. It's just beautiful. Mm. That kind of scale, I absolutely love. And then you, I mean, in the Dales, you've just got just stunning, untouched mm. beauty. Love it. Uh, meal. 
yeah, probably, probably like a, uh, yeah, like Mexican, like carnitas or something. Or, yeah, good steak. I had the best steak of my life in Stellenbosch. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And you didn't have to pretend you ate meat when you were in Stellenbosch. <laughs> like the one in Girona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a bit off topic, but speaking of Girona, go and watch Tristan's documentary of his ride at the Athlamans race. It's a really, really good watch. I'll put the link in below. Um, the reason I say that is when I wasn't eating meat, he took me out for a, a local Catalan meal and it was steak and I didn't have the heart to tell him I, I didn't eat steak, so I ate it. It was the first bit of meat I'd had in like like five years or something, but I didn't have the heart to tell him. Anyway, but it's a really, really good watch. Um, he has got a great YouTube uh, channel. Go watch it. Tristan Take Videos. Tristan Take Videos, a channel. We'll put the link below and it's, yeah, his, he did the Atlas Mountains race and very it's cool. just a Another very, off-road ultra. Off-road ultra, very much a mountain bike race. He did it on a mountain bike. Mm. Um, but you just really see the brutal nature of these races. Mm. And he did like, what, a le- like a, uh, just over a thousand kilometres in like three days or something. Mm. But it's brutal riding. Anyways, so um, yeah, probably, one more question. Yeah. And then we'll wrap things up. Save the best till last. Danny's mum. <laughs> <laughs> Because I live by the sea, my chain gets rusty from time to time. Do you have any recommendations? Also, my spokes get rusty too. Is there anything preventative that can be done? It's kind of salty air, so it's going to be tricky, but just wash your bike, or at least rinse your bike off every time you ride, and wash your, you know, wash your chain off, re-loop your chain. Not GTA. And hopefully... Not like ionised water enough. or something. Oh. I don't know anything... anything. <laughs> I'd just say if, when, whenever you put your bike away, just keep it lubricated. Make sure you lub- lubricate the chain beforehand. Um, I went to uni by the sea, so I had a similar problem. <laughs> um, every time I cleaned it or every time it was a wet ride, just wiped all the water off and then mm. just re-lubricate it. If it's lubricated, it can't get rusty. There we go. And on that bombshell, <laughs> on that rusty nail... Uh, all right. Well, um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I certainly learned a, f- a bit today. Um, Me Danny, too. Phil, thank you. Thanks for your insight and understanding. Thanks um, for putting up with us. <laughs> yes. Thanks for putting up, putting up with us cynics. No, not, not cynics. Um, there's a reason why you guys are in the workshop and, 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 uh, and we're not. <laughs> we just oversee. <laughs> but you, honestly, you... Um, anybody out there looking to get their bike serviced give these guys a shout and as Danny said somebody contacted him online um, asking for the when you gave it uh, yeah message him at like 9pm on a Sunday he'll love that <laughs> yeah that's right um, promise to get back to you at 9.05 on Monday also if, if you've got any other suggestions about what you'd like to hear in this podcast uh, let us know um, next year we'll be doing a few more interviews and that type of stuff um, but yeah I think that's it am I missing anything out guys no Just, all good any questions anything you need you know where we are yeah. Workshop. Workshop at girocycles.com. There you go. Bingo, bango. Get on Outlook. All right, gang. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. See you guys yeah. soon. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.